Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dc news 35 that's dc n-e-w-s 35 dc news 35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com Well, hey there, all you DC Comics news fans, DC Comics fans, fans of comics, fans of podcasts, maybe just fans of my voice, or, I don't know if you can hear it, yes, those are the trotting paws of my little French bulldog, Bruno. Hi, Bru-Bru. Yeah, that's my little man. He knows I'm about to start recording, which means he has only one thing he knows he absolutely must do, and that is come join it, because Brew. He knows that he's as much a part of the spinner rack or storytelling with Seth or any podcast I do as is my voice or the personality behind it. This is episode number 99. Can you believe it? 99 episodes of the spinner rack coming your way each and every time. Bruno is so excited. He is snoring with wondrous enthusiasm. Can you imagine what he'll be like when we get to number 100? I, I shudder to imagine. It's just that overwhelming sometimes. Much like the challenge I faced on all these books for the week of March 30th, 2021, how do you choose five when six are available and all six are absolutely phenomenal? Well, you start weeding out a few things and you start looking at other factors that might be worth considering. For example, yeah, we've got a future state book, but boy, We've also got Batman and Catwoman number four. We've got Strange Adventures number nine, Flash number 768, which Hoobie Zooby. The Other History of the DC Universe number three, Inferior five, number five. And then, like I said, Future State, Superman, Imperious Lex number three. Who's going to make it all the way through? Who won't be picked? There's only one that's not going to make it. I'll make my apologies at the end. What I will do to start things off is go ahead and share with you my first choice. My first one on this list, a five out of five book, inferior five, number five out of six, a limited series. It's really kind of one of those things where you have to smile and think to yourself, okay, so just how wild and crazy is Jeff Lemire? Well, I think he's about as wild and crazy as you let him be. But I think if you pair him with Keith Giffen and between the two of them, you've got an amazing plot, an amazing script, and Giffen pencils to boot. Well, you're really just trying to see how high the fire can burn at that point. Or maybe how high the mountain can go, or the structure can be built, or how stratospheric you can get. 
Here's what I do know. It's a really fun story with uh, inks by Michelle Delecki, colors by Hi-Fi, letters by Rob Lay, with a uh, cover by Howard Porter and Hi-Fi. There's this little thing that happened back late 80s, early 90s. They call it the invasion. And it's been hinted at throughout this series, but here in issue number five, we have an opportunity for, uh, well, <laughs> Lisa and her new friend to, for all reasons discerning, stop at a comic book store, otherwise known as Quantum Comics. There they meet a, well, somewhat obscured comic shop owner who has a great list of back issues and that Lisa and her friend go digging through to uncover the details regarding Invasion. Now, interestingly enough, Invasion at that time also connects to this story in a lot of fun ways that I simply cannot take away from you. What I can say is <laughs> there are allusions to some things that have already appeared, like Tasmanian Devil, who... Uh, appeared briefly in Invasion and was, of course, a significant factor because it was his home country of Australia that was the first attacked in Invasion. I actually recently read Invasion, maybe a month or two ago, had an opportunity to sit down with the collection and really just sort of enjoyed looking back on one of these crossovers that wanted to be as big as Crisis but never really was. And as it's described by uh, Lisa to her friend, you know, they just kept publishing it, and no one really knew why. Now, there are some other characters involved in this story, and <laughs> we get a chance to uh, catch up with them. Now, we've got Teresa, we've got a somewhat annoyed young man who learns that it's his father that they find in an abandoned area, and Vance now is caught between the story he was told by his mother and what he's seeing now. And then we get this great blast from the past. Um, if you're familiar with a title from 60s, 70s that ended with the word geek, you're going to enjoy how that character and part of its universe are brought into this story in Inferior 5. Number 5. Of six, And then, of course, we've got the great Peacemaker backup story, Jeff Lemire, combining uh, the story and art with Jose Villarubia. That's right, the same guy you might have heard me talking about on Sweet, Th Sweet Tooth, The Returns, uh, as well as Colors by, uh, again, Jose Villarubia and Rob Lay Letters. Boy, something about saying Sweet Tooth, The Return was really hard for me there. I don't know, it messed me up on the whole other thing, but... Keeping things moving, we've got Peacemaker, we've got Chapter 5, otherwise known as Crossing Over. Now, this isn't some really long-spanning, action-packed scene. In fact, it only takes a couple of pages, a few panels, but it reminds us once again that Peacemaker has been communicating with a voice in his head, or maybe his helmet. Yeah, we'll say the helmet, because he only notices it when he puts on the helmet. That voice has guided him to the same Danger Field, Arizona, where the main story of Inferior 5 has been taking place. And what we end up with is a portal, a doorway. And stepping through it, 
transports not only Peacemaker, but his understanding of reality, especially when he tries to ask the voice in his helmet what's going on. What you'll see next, well, <laughs> I leave that for you to enjoy this first pick, Inferior 5, number 5, here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. So where does that leave us next? Well, that leaves me churning right into Flash number 768. This really awesome 40-page story. <laughs> it reminds me of some of the best feelings you can get from comic books when they can take you all over the place and then bring you right back. In this story, Blink of an Eye, Chapter 1, we have Jeremy Adams providing the writing with art by Brandon Peterson, Marco Santucci, and David LaFuente. Providing the colors are Mike Atia, Arif Prianto, that's a name I should be familiar with, but sometimes even the most common names, I'm, I'm just bound to get it more interesting than you'd expect, and Luis Guerrero. Steve Wands with the letters, and an original cover by Peterson and Atia, as well as a variant cover by Ian McDonald. It's all good stuff. I mean, really, really good. From the sense of history that is expressed on the variant cover to the sense of history that's described on the first page and the first six panels, that voice inside of, well, one person's head. <laughs> it feels like Wally, and it sounds like Wally. And it's Wally who then is facing the Assembled Justice League to say that this isn't something he wants to do anymore. And it's something that Ollie is okay with, because now we're talking about the events from Crisis. And when I'm talking about Crisis, I'm talking about Heroes in Crisis now. And that event is one that reshaped and drastically altered the concept of Wally West as the Flash. Before that, Wally West, I mean, he was one of the best speedsters who was then forgotten in the New 52 and eventually returned in Rebirth and has enjoyed quite a wonderful, resilient, and then tragic turn with his time at Heroes in Crisis as well as in a place called Sanctuary and then the Flash Forward miniseries in which he was controlling uh, Metron's chair and able to play a significant role in saving the universe when it came to all things to be concerned, whether it was Perpetua or the one who laughs or everything else involved. And he was one of those great untold stories that just you wanted more to be done on his behalf. I did at least. I was a huge Flash fan who grew up with Wally West as my Flash. He was one of those significant figures who showed me how we can mature, how we can go from being kind of snot-nosed, kind of windy, kind of immature, and become something, become someone more mature. But perhaps the most powerful statement that's being made is that Wally doesn't just want to hang up his super speed sneakers and flash boots and uniform. He wants to be disconnected from the speed force, cut off. Something Barry is capable of doing, something that he has done to others, like Eobard Thawne. But because this is very early in the issue, things don't happen just like that. In fact, a wave of the Speed Force 
sort of washes over them. I guess that's the best way. I was looking for a great sort of like word that started with an F, but uh, it, it didn't come. So instead, washes over them. And as it washes over them, it not only transports, sort of sucks away Wally to a primordial world, a different time, as he describes it, Jurassic Park, but not the 90s. And then <laughs> realizes he still has his speed, while Barry, who is left stunned, shaken, and amazed, has actually been cut off from the speed force. And he's not alone. Other heroes have also been cut off from the speed force. And it's actually the speed force that Barry turns to in order to find a way to communicate with Wally. Man, there's so much fun to be had here. There's great shifts. I mean, the uh, the tonal quality from the opening scene, which is very modern, dark, bleak, futuristic as well with the technology of the Justice League, and then to the rich, vibrant, dark greens, heavy, oxygenated, <laughs> and mostly uh, pangeic, pangeic world that Wally is transported to, one where... The speed force operates very differently, but then also uh, as he begins to try and address what they think is a series or at least the beginning of some problems with the speed force, maybe Wally can start working his way back home. But because he's time traveled once, that means time travel is going to play a factor in how this book ends up ending. And you're going to want to read all the way through to discover just where he ends up next and what we can expect coming up soon in The Flash number 769. That's my second choice. With it out of the way, it's time for us to take that quick ad break, catch up on all the great things going on, whether it's I Am The Night, Mad Love, our new DCN After Dark, or other great content. They're going to tell you all about it in these ads. And as that cool, smooth, sort of islandy saxophone fades away, I'll pick back up with my third, fourth, and fifth choices. You're listening to DC Comics News Spinner Rack, episode number 99. Talk to you in just a minute. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, editor-in-chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items. And right now, you can get 35% off site wide by using the code DC News 35. That's D C N E W S. 35 DC News 35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at insighteditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast here every week to talk everything DC movies TV comics and everything in between but don't just take my word for it here are a couple of our sponsors listen to the DC Comics News podcast it's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. 
and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> <laughs> No. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton. And I'm here to tell you about Mad Bub, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not Death. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f with Lois Lane. For f**k's sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents... Mad Love. The Harley Quinn Past. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes or Dummies! Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. (laughs) We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows. 
but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything off, you want, anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want. God damn it. All right. We're gonna Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes. Content creation reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's seasoned, but whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. See, like I said, right after that cool, smooth, jazzy, islandy saxophone sort of, here I am, right back making terrible sounds <laughs> that sound nothing like any kind of instrument whatsoever, if, if nothing else, just a, a sad sort of eh, moving things along. <laughs> We've already covered our first two books. For my third, I'm actually choosing Batman Catwoman number four. Tom King doing some amazing things here with writing this wonderful look at the past, the present, the future of Batman Catwoman, a child who wears a very unique and um, very impressive bat suit featuring the claws of Selina, the ears of Bruce Wayne. Bruno, my French bulldog, has begun a somewhat serious uh, cleaning routine and I'm going to see if just tapping him on the leg is enough to get him to chill out, but we'll, we'll see. He could pick it back up, in which case I'm sorry and you're welcome. Uh, Tom King's writing is matched by the beautiful art uh, by Clay Mann, colors by Tobu Mori, and letters by Clayton Cowles. We've got a very interesting twist with the uh, holiday songs that are playing this time around, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and a question that is repeated to many of Gotham's villains. It is, what do you know? about the Catwoman and the Joker. It starts with the Penguin. It works its way through many of Batman's most famous rogues. It shows a Selina who is dealing with a phantasm who <laughs> has her own purpose and machinations in mind for Selina. But we also get this wonderful sort of future take. What would it look like what does it look like in this possible future for all of those foes of Batman's and, and where are they now sort of a experience. And then through it also, we have Selina following up on the footsteps of her daughter and offering some really interesting insights into what does not appear to be an easy relationship with Batman, with Bruce, one that she takes out on him in a couple of uh, panels here and one in which it's clear to see that for all the love and joy and wonder that Tom King introduced in his now very classic run on the Batman uh, title for numerous issues, what we also get a chance to see now is 
a different side, a a reminder that relationships, like people, are like kaleidoscopes. All it takes is a subtle movement and all these other layers, like the other side of a feather or a leaf, become visible and there's so much more to become aware of, to recognize and to consider. I think there's always this great opportunity with the Tom King series to show you something that seems like it doesn't make sense and then gradually explain why, even if it doesn't make sense, there is a, uh, a source of reasoning behind it all. I think this issue does a wonderful job not only of describing and portraying what that reasoning looks like, but also the consequences it has. It reminds me a great deal of the uh, investigator in his Rorschach series, who's constantly tracking down pieces of information to uncover why something happened, why two people did what they did. I think in this wonderful Batman Catwoman, there's a great reflection on history. There's a recognition by most of the rogues that there was something between uh, Joker and Catwoman. Some describe it as unhealthy, others describe it as chummy, others describe it as unclear. And I think that's really wonderful because everyone looks at a picture differently of a scene and a moment and getting those different perspectives not only adds to the confusion that uh, Bruce and Selena's daughter is trying to discover, but also provides all of these different ways in which it could be seen by others as one thing, and yet it will only be revealed by Selena when they have some form of heart-to-heart, -heart, if they do. And until then, there is only what can be gathered from what those who knew them said about them. And I think what's interesting, too, is that you end up with two very different narratives. It's captured beautifully. As I mentioned, you know, masterpieces on the color, the lines, the beautiful lettering. I mean, there's moments when Hark the Herald and its lyrics feel like such a jarring moment. And it, it punctuates a lot of these great panels, a lot of these great scenes, and what I think is a really great story. My third choice here on episode number 99 of The Spinner Rack, moving things along with a wonderfully brisk Tom King-like pace, I bring us to Strange Adventures number nine for my fourth choice. Yet yeah, another Tom King, this time teaming up with more great art and artists, uh, interior and cover art by Mitch Gerards, with uh, Clayton Cowles providing the letters, and a, a really difficult process that has been unmapped and uh, sort of taken with different pieces, uh, sort of like trying to pick up pieces from a jigsaw puzzle, knowing you might only have a corner here and a corner here, and not really ever feeling like you've got some central thing that's tying them together. But then slowly you can see where they're leading to, even if the pieces for that center aren't quite available. Adam Strange has been under investigation by the Justice League, by Batman, by Mr. Terrific, and a report has come out, a preliminary one, in which his actions are not condoned, in which his methods are not considered honorable. And this is a warlike situation. This is a war. It's not warlike. It's actually a war that Rand was facing, and they were in the process of repelling invaders, 
and the tactics that they show Adam Strange using, they are not good. And it's also clear that he has moral questions about what they're doing and why they're doing it. And his wife does not have those same questions. Does that mean that there's some sort of sway going on? Was he really acting in his own desires and interests? Now, it should be pointed out that the tactics include things like chemical warfare um, and some very (sighs) lack of discernment moments when the decision is to kill as many as possible in a very, wow, just very visually um, unforgettable moment. One in which the the whole concept of, of what does it mean to experience a last moment aware of a quickly approaching death and powerless to do anything except witness it. And then we've got a response by Alana to the news reporting agencies of the world appearing on a broadcast and talking about the fact that she doesn't have a problem with anything in this report because right now with the invasion of the picks and the danger they've done to the part of Arizona that now is just a a smoldering just loss she feels that what they need right now is someone who is strong someone who is doing willing to do the dishonorable in order to save the planet And it sounds like there are supporters, it looks like, sounds like there are supporters of this message, but there's also uh, layers of difficulty, confusion. There's references to Bible stories that Adam remembers as a child, and there are some haunting moments that feel so ethereal, whether it's Adam talking to Batman, Adam talking to Superman, or Mr. Terrific, who's been watching the conversation play out between Alana and the anchor person she talks to and why he picks up a pen and begins writing a letter that says, there are a lot of lies going around. I think you're ready for some truth. Be interesting to hear what the truth is considering there is a reference to Mr. Terrific not being as involved in that preliminary report. And also the idea that Tom King loves to, you know, create a mystery and then slowly unravel and reveal it to us. Where's this one going next? You're going to have to stick around to find out. I know I look forward to sharing more episodes, more chapters, more issues of Strange Adventures here on the Spinner Rack. For my fifth and final book, it's my absolute joy and pleasure to talk to you about the other history of the DC Universe. Book three uh, offers yet another perspective that is not from the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, perspective and it it really sort of paints classic moments and it's a story by John Ridley with beautiful layouts by Giuseppe Comincoli, finishes by Andrea Cucci, colors by Jose Villarubia and letters by Steve Wands, original cover by Giuseppe Comincoli and Marco Mastrazzo with a variant cover by Jamal Campbell. Jamal Campbell won me over with Far Sector, continues to blow me away. The story opens with a perspective of that of Katana, and it reminds the reader what things were like in the time when her story takes place. It's the 80s. There is this amazing economy booming, a lot of great things happening for her country, Japan. 
but she is also stuck and trapped by the belief systems, which are very traditional, very old-fashioned, some might call them. And they cast her as a woman of ill fortune, a woman of loss. And we get to see the trajectory of Katana as she moves to meet Batman and become part of the Outsiders, but also how she views the world that they live in uniquely because of what she has experienced and also what it means to be a part of other groups and programs and what it means to have experienced all the things that she knows and believes and boy there's also some really powerful clips from the news some examples of what the next feeling like a hero would be like and also some great reflections on ideas like the death of superman or what it means to lose other colleagues companions and compatriots who you fought alongside when you were part of this amazing story and you know able to be a witness to so many great things um, there's a lot of heartache a lot of pain a lot of beauty and a lot of insight and i think there's something wonderful about this other history series and what it has shown what it continues to show and what it's not afraid to talk about and in doing so it reveals a great reminder of the layers that we still have left to explore about so many great characters and we're getting a great introduction with this series the other history and this issue number three um that brings us to the end that was my fifth and final choice that was the book that closed it out for episode number 99 of the dc comics news spinner rack i've been your host seth singleton it's been a joy and pleasure to talk about all five books with you so the one that i left off this time around was the future state uh superman versus imperious lex it's a great story it just didn't happen this time five out of six sometimes it's it's <laughs> it's simply knowing you don't want to leave one off, but you're going to. Uh, you think you've got a different order or a reason why I should have chosen Superman Imperious Lex over one of the other five that I did pick? Love to hear all about it. You can share it with the entire gang. Put me on blast at DC Comics News, whether you're posting that on Tumblr or Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or even YouTube. In fact, you know. We're everywhere. You can find me directly on Instagram and Twitter. It's pretty easy. My name's Seth Singleton, and I am out there. Uh, you can also make sure that you never miss out on all the great stuff we've got coming your way. Subscribe now to either the podcast platform you're listening to if you haven't already, and also check out the great stuff we have on so many other platforms like YouTube with our DCN After Dark, hosted by Kelly Gaines and Tony Hasty. We've got great original programming on our podcast network like I Am The Night, episode-by-episode episode breakdown of Batman the Animated Series, hosted by Steve J. Ray. And we've got a more lighthearted episode-by-episode breakdown of Harley Quinn's show on Mad Love, a Harley Quinn podcast. Check it out. It's a great way to reflect on seasons one and seasons two of that original DC Universe Now HBO Max thrill. So much more is coming your way. We want to make sure you never miss out. So wherever you find us, subscribe, follow, rate, review, and most importantly, talk to us. We know you're out there, but we really want to hear what you have to say. And when it comes to me picking books, you know, I'd love to hear your input because 
even when I go in the opposite direction, I'd love to tell anybody listening, hey, here's where I could have done it differently, and I didn't. Do you agree or not? It, it gets really fun, and it also encourages me to reconsider what I've chosen, because I'm always willing to look at things one more way, and I can't do it without your help. It's been a great time hanging out with you, and I look forward to coming back. Episode number 100 and so many more in store. Will you be there? Well, if you subscribe, you're guaranteed to catch it when it drops through on your feed. Until next time, it's been a blast. I can't wait to share more great stories with you. And as we like to say here at DC Comics News, until the next time, read more comics.